Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The most recent developments regarding the protection of babies who have actually been birthed is absolutely astounding. Where have we come to as a society that we are not willing to protect breathing, living babies that have survived the wicked abortion process? Truly, friends, we are in the last days. May God be merciful while we await His return. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 10th, 2019. For today's update, I sense that the Lord would have me to answer a question concerning the understanding of the times in which we are living. I think you would agree with me when I say this, but uh, doesn't it seem like the world is, I mean, upside down, (laughs) backwards, and getting worse seemingly with each passing day? Would you agree with this, that the times in which we are living, evil is now seen as good, and good is now seen as evil? I was thinking about this this last week. In fact, I was talking to my wife about it. We were reflecting back on the 70s. Again, you young people, we'll get right back to you. Just bear with us. Even the 60s. And we fast-forwarded the video of time to the present. And it's pretty astonishing if you really think about it. How much has changed since that time? The times that we're living in today are so much worse than they were even 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Things that you would never have imagined are now considered to be the norm. Evil is now good, and good is now evil. As one has noted, evil is live backwards. L-I-V-E, E-V-I-L. Lived is devil backwards. Now I say that because everything's backwards. The evil is literally backwards. It's upside down. In Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, there is a curse that is pronounced. Woe 
to those who call evil good and good evil. By the way, uh, this is not woe. No, woe is a curse, okay? I just wanted to clarify that again for the benefit of you younger people here today, just so you understand that in our day, woe meant curse, okay? Kind of reminds me, I'm sorry I'm digressing here, but I can't resist, I can't help myself. So my son is a couple years back, came home from school one day and he goes, wow, Bubba, that's really sick. I'm like, whoa, what, you're sick? No, that's really sick. What do you mean? Oh, that, no, it's really cool. I'm like, what? Sick means cool? So now if I say something is sick, that means something is cool. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> when sick is cool, Jesus is coming back. Anyway, just again, I digress. Forgive me. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Would you again agree with me that this would be an apt description of the world today? What we see happening in the world today, specifically, if I can be specific, as it relates to the United States and Israel. I hope you'll kindly indulge me as I first propose four why questions, then I want to provide a biblical answer that I believe will give us a much needed perspective prophetically and even discernment when it comes to discerning the times that we're living in. The first why question, which we did talk about in depth last week, is this. Why is there a movement to impeach a pro-Israel president and remove a strong Israel prime minister simultaneously? We again talked about this last week. This has, I believe, profound prophetic implications. But as of today, we're now only 30 days away from the elections in Israel, which will take place on April 9th. Now the significance of this is that the Trump administration is planning to unveil the long-anticipated quote-unquote deal of the century subsequent to the April 9th elections in Israel. Second question. Why did the House of Representatives anti-Semitism resolution end up with this watered-down inclusion of all bigotry, all hate, and even Islamophobia. It started off as an anti-Israel, anti-Semitic resolution. The Times of Israel published a report on Friday about the House voting 407 to 23 for a measure seen as a rebuke of this Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitic comments. She's one of two women elected to the House of Representatives. And this 
was after this infighting within the Democratic Party that actually ended up leading to the inclusion of all of these other types of hate, including, namely, Islamophobia. The inclusion came under a section that stated in the end, and I quote, this was the resolution, whereas, listen, white supremacists in the United States, white supremacists in the United States have exploited and continue to exploit bigotry and weaponize hate for political gain, targeting traditionally persecuted peoples, including African Americans, Latinos, Native Americans, Asian Americans, and Pacific Islanders, and other people of color, Jews, Muslims, Hindus, Sikhs, Jews, Hindus, Muslims, Sikhs, the LGBTQ community, immigrants, and others with verbal attacks, incitement, and violence. Third why question. Why is it now acceptable in states like New York to kill human babies while at the same time protecting non-human animal life? CNS News on Tuesday quoted MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell. I like Mike. I like his pillow too. I have one. Great. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I had to include some levity in that one, I think. He spoke at a recent CPAC conference and said, quote, I see a party saving minnows in California and killing babies in New York. Are you kidding me? Fourth why question. Why is the Christian church in America in decline? And why are young people not wanting anything to do with the church in our day today? On Thursday, the Christian Post published an article about a new study from Exponential by Lifeway Research that found a majority of churches are in decline or flatlining and have fewer than 100 people attending services each Sunday. In their book, Already Gone, Ken Ham and Britt Beamer answer the question of why America's churches have lost an entire generation of believers. You might be shocked to know this, but it's not necessarily by the time they get to college. Here's what the study found. We're losing our kids in elementary, middle school, and high school, and the culprit, as they refer to it, is the Sunday school syndrome which they say is contributing to the epidemic rather than helping alleviate it. Okay, bear with me, please. I suppose the question now becomes one of, okay, what can we do in light of our understanding of these perilous times in which we live? We shouldn't be surprised. 
Paul writing to Timothy said, listed 19 things that would mark the last days when perilous times would come. 19 things. And they're horrific. They're unthinkable. That would mark the last days, the end times, the time of the end. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, the first part of verse 32, we're told that the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times, and as such, they knew what Israel ought to do. In other words, when we first understand and discern the times and realize that the times we are in are the end times, the last days, the last moments of world history as we know it, because we discern the times, we understand the times. I think of when Jesus rebuked the religious leaders. They could interpret the weather, the signs of the weather, the signs of the sky, but they could not discern the times that they were in. That was the Savior of the world in front of them. God becoming man, tabernacling amongst us. And they didn't understand it. They didn't discern it. And thus they didn't know what to do. It's when we have this understanding, this discernment, that we're then better equipped to answer all of these why questions. Why is the world upside down? Why is evil good and good evil? I I hope this doesn't sound too simplistic. But I think the answer is this. Satan, I don't want to give him too much credit, but Satan has strategically deceived the world, and the world has believed the Word of God and the God of the Word cannot be trusted. That's why, that's why, (laughs) not just the world, Sadly, the church. Many a pastor has lost confidence in the infallibility of God's Word. They don't believe it. No wonder our young people don't want anything to do at church. No wonder they're already gone. And there's nothing new under the sun, by the way. It started in Genesis 3.1. We're told that the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, listen, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question mark. In other words, did God really create the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is in seven, in six days, six literal days. Did God really? And see, the attack is on the book of Genesis. Because see, if Satan can get us to start questioning, doubting, the book of Genesis, he's got us. Then nothing else can be relied upon. If it 
If you can't rely on the book of Genesis at the very beginning, then everything else following is also unreliable. I would submit that one can find the answers in Genesis as to why the world is the way it is today. I'll take it a step further and suggest that Satan has succeeded in large measure in deceiving the world by attacking specifically the reliability of the Genesis account. And here's why. Think about this. If Genesis cannot be taken literally, then marriage isn't between one man and one woman. If Genesis cannot be taken literally, then maybe we did evolve from animals. And if we did evolve from animals, no wonder that people act like animals. Should we be surprised? Do you see how cunning and subtle Satan is? Did God really, question mark, doubt? Oh, uh, maybe the earth is billions and billions of years old. I want to recommend Answers in Genesis. This is the ministry of Ken Ham. It's an apologetics ministry that is dedicated to enabling Christians to defend their faith and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ effectively. Let me me just parenthetically say this. We have to teach our children the truth of Genesis. So that when they're in school, whether it's middle school, high school, or even college, and they have that professor as my son who goes to California State University in San Marcos, California, had, that basically was one of these guys that, you know, says there's no God. There's no God. I love my Levi, man. He's my lovey Levi. He's just like, oh, okay. Okay, really? Yeah. Anyway, maybe that's another topic for another time. But he stood his ground. He stood his ground because he was grounded. They have to be able to answer that. Oh, the you think the world was, oh, the Big Bang Theory. Really? That takes more faith than to believe in creation. It's like one said, it's like, a tornado ripping through a junkyard, and it creates a 747. That takes a lot of faith, man. I'm going to give you that. Wow. Answers in Genesis focuses on providing answers to questions surrounding the book of Genesis, because it is the most attacked book in the Bible They also desire to train others to develop a biblical worldview and seek to expose with, I mean, thoroughly documented proof of a six-day creation, a young earth. Evolution is impossible. Dare I say, 
that Christians today don't know how to answer the questions the world is asking. And they're asking questions. And they're intelligent questions. And we don't have the answer. We cannot give them a biblical answer to their intelligent question. So when somebody challenges us, and I don't say this to beat up on anybody, I just, I'll include myself in this. When somebody challenges us concerning things like evolution and an earth billions and billions of years old, By the way, when it comes to dinosaurs, there is proof. There is archaeological proof, scientific proof, that man walked with dinosaurs. They were not created billions of years ago. And there is proof that there was a flood exactly as God said there was. And it was a global flood, exactly as God said it was going to be. Well, 1 Peter chapter 3, the second part of verse 15 says, Always, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Hear me out on this real quick. I truly believe there are two questions that the world is asking us and looking to us for answers as Christians. You know what they are? Number one, is it real? And number two, does it work? You want to know why? Because they want it to be real and they want it to work because if it's real and it works, now they can have hope. And they're looking for hope. They need hope. And we have the answer, and we can give the reason for the hope that we have. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. It's not just the blessed hope. It's our only hope. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer. He is the answer to everything and to everyone. And that's the answer we need to give always to everyone who asks. There's something different about you. There's something peculiar about you. I mean, you're not going out of your mind (laughs) with what's going on in the world. There's something about you that's different. You know what that something is? It's the person of Jesus Christ. It's the hope of the soon return of Jesus Christ. That's the thing that keeps me sane. I've said this again, not hyperbole, that were it not for the hope that any day soon and very soon that trumpet can sound and the dead in Christ rise first and we who are alive and remain will be caught up to be with the Lord forever. Were it not for that hope, I would literally go out of my mind. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.